Hello, friends. Welcome to Resting Church Face, a podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Allen, and this is episode 51. This week, we are going to talk about the best books I read in 2023. So sit back, relax, sit by the fireplace, or if you don't have one, maybe light a fireplace-smelling candle that you bought at Cracker Barrel. And let's get started. Happy New Year! We made it. We are in 2024, and this will be our best year yet. I feel it in my bones. And so for January, I want to do a look back at the best books, movies, TV, and music that I enjoyed in 2023. And this episode, we are going to talk about books. I read 92 books in 2023, and there were a bunch that I really liked. And it was so hard to narrow it down to the best of the best, but I think I managed to do it. I have mentioned most of these books in the book roundup episodes. So if you want a deeper dive into the books I read in 2023, then make sure you check out those episodes. There are a couple that will be brand new because I finished them in December. And I'll mention them again on our winter book roundup episodes, but they were just too good to leave off my best books list. Okay, let's talk about the best books I read last year. The first book I want to talk about is one that I read in March, and it is called The Great Unexpected by Dan Mooney. So this is a story about two guys that live in a nursing home. The first one is named Joel. He is pretty grumpy at the beginning of the story, and he kind of stays grumpy through the whole thing, but becomes kind of a likable grump. But he has just lost his wife. His wife was also in the nursing home with him. And while she was alive, you know, it was... He wasn't too upset about being in a nursing home. He was okay with it because he felt like his purpose was to take care of his wife. And then after she died, he really didn't know what to do with himself. And so he's become just a very acerbic and curmudgeonly old man. And he gets a new roommate. This new roommate is named Frank. And Frank is the complete opposite of Joel. He is eccentric. He's flamboyant. He was an actor on a TV show. So he's somewhat famous. And at first, Joel just really dislikes him. And then little by little, Frank begins to win him over and they become best friends. And what I love about this story is that it's a story about finding happiness later in life, much later, maybe closer to the end of life. And seeing that there is a chance to rectify some things that maybe you messed up when you were younger and you thought you couldn't fix, but you can. And I think it really drives home the point that while we are breathing, if we are breathing, it is never too late. And I just loved the story. So that is The Great Unexpected by Dan Mooney. The next book that I just really enjoyed reading was Daisy Darker by Alice Feeney. So this book is very much a tribute to Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None, which I still think is probably the best mystery ever written. But Daisy Darker is about a family who has a lot of secrets. They all have reasons to dislike each other. They have things they want to keep hidden from each other. They're not happy. And they all gather one night at their grandmother's house for her birthday. And the grandmother lives on an island in the United Kingdom. So it's not like, you know, an island country. It's just a very small um island that her house is on. And you have to take a boat to get to her house. So when the tide is out, you have to wait 
until the tide comes back in the next morning to leave because you're stranded um, at the house, which, which of course makes the setting for a perfect murder mystery. So this family, again, they're very unhappy. They're bitter about a lot of things. And one by one, the family members begin to die. And so it is one of those situations where you know that somebody in the family is killing other family members, but you're just not sure who. And what I think Alice Feeney does really well especially in this book. She does it generally. I've read some other Alice Feeney books this year as well. But she gives you all the clues that you need. So as you're reading the story, after you, you know, the ending is revealed and you know who did it, you can go back and go, oh, if I had paid attention to this, or she did give me a hint that this was happening. So it's, it, it's just really enjoyable. I really enjoyed it. So it's a very cozy British murder mystery. So again, that is Daisy Darker by Alice Feeney. So the next two books I want to talk about are the two books that my sister wrote. Yes, is it a shameless plug? Absolutely. But I really do think that they are extremely good books, and I would like everybody to read them. So the first one is a devotional, and it is for women. It is called Same God, New You. And since it's the beginning of a new year, and a lot of us have a lot of resolutions about doing better quiet times, more quiet times in the morning or at night, um, with devotionals. This is a perfect way to kickstart 2024. It is just, it's a different kind of devotional than the ones that I have read before in that it's for all women. And this is the thing that I am so excited and proud of Holly for doing is that she did not write a women's devotional that is geared towards only married women or only mothers or only teenagers or only single women. It's it's all women. Anybody can find something in this book that is a life lesson, something to think about. I also think that Holly is very honest about a lot of the things that she has struggled with. And that's also refreshing because a lot of times I'll read a devotional and it's like, this woman has it all together. And you're like, Ugh. and it almost makes you feel worse about yourself as a person. And this one I feel like is just super relatable because Holly doesn't sugarcoat things. She talks about times that she's messed up and the lessons that she's learned. And I'm just really proud of Holly Jo. I think she did a great job on this book. So that first book is Same God, New You, and it's available on Amazon or anywhere that you would like to order books. And then the second book that Holly Jo wrote this year is Jack the Bad Crow. And this is just a nostalgic favorite for me. And it, it's a kid's book, but I found it extremely enjoyable to read. It is about a crow who lives on a farm and he's got a bad attitude. And a lot of the farm animals call him a bad crow. But is he a bad crow? You just, you don't know. So he makes friends with two of the other farm animals. One is a squirrel, one is a rabbit. And then something happens and it genuinely makes him a bad crow. Will he stay a bad crow? Only time will tell. But these again are, it's a Christmas story, this first one, because it's about Jack trying to ruin Christmas uh, for the family that lives on the farm for reasons that will become obvious when you read the story. But it's going to be a trilogy. And again, this is based on the stories that my dad told my sister and I when we were kids. He would start on Thanksgiving night and he would tell us an installment every night up until Christmas Eve. And it was always about Jack the Bad Crow. Jack the Bad Crow was always trying to ruin Christmas. At one point, I think my dad had Jack the Bad Crow kidnap Santa, which was very traumatic. <laughs> um but he would always, you know, he would get to the end of a story or, you know, that night he'd be like, and then, oh, but you have to wait until tomorrow night to find out the rest. And I think Holly Joe just did a great job with 
translating the feeling that our dad gave us when he told those stories into a book. And I have not met one kid or heard of one kid that has read this book that didn't really enjoy it. So if you have a kid between the ages of 8 and 12 who just wants a really good story, kind of like Charlotte's Web, this is a book that I think they will love. So again, that is Jack the Bad Crow by Holly Jo Flora. It is available on Amazon, on barnesandnoble.com. Anywhere that you buy books, you can find it. And you can also buy it in hard copy and you can also buy it in ebook form. This next book I read in the spring and it is Wrong Place, Wrong Time by Jillian McAllister. So this is a murder mystery mixed with time travel, which can be done very poorly. But this was done so well. And I enjoyed every bit of it. So it is about a woman who is getting ready for Halloween with her husband. They have a very happy family. They have a teenage son that they love very much. And while she's looking out the window, she sees her son coming home and to her horror, witnesses him murder a man. And when they ask him why he did it, he says he has to, he had to. He won't give them any other explanation. They're so confused. This is not like him at all. They don't know this man that he murdered. It's very confusing. And so when she wakes up the next morning, it's the day before. So she's gone back two days. It's before the murder. So she realizes that she has a chance to stop it. But every time she goes to sleep, she keeps waking up further and further back in the timeline. So she starts going years back because there's something that happened in her past years before, that is the trigger for what happens with her son. It's the reason he kills this person. And she has a chance to stop it. She can fix this problem if only she knows what she did. And it's just great. You know, it's one of those stories where I think it would have been very easy to lose the plot and to have everything fall apart, but everything is so tight. Everything is done so well. And it never loses momentum. And that is something that I think is really hard to do in a really good mystery novel, especially a mystery novel, but especially, especially if you add in a supernatural element. But Jillian McAllister pulls it off flawlessly. So I just really enjoyed this book. So again, that is Wrong Place, Wrong Time by Jillian McAllister. This next book I also read in the spring, and it is The Maid by Nita Prose. I loved this book. It is about a maid who lives in New York City. Her name is Molly. She works at a very fancy hotel. And it's never explicitly stated in the story that she is on the autism spectrum, but it's very clear that she is. And she likes to do things in a certain order. She has a hard time with social cues. She takes people at their word. She's extremely kind-hearted and just believes the best in everyone. And because she is so methodical and does things a certain way, she's very much like Sherlock Holmes without realizing it and that she notices very quickly when things are out of place. So one day she is cleaning a room. She comes into the room to clean it and the guest that is in this room has been murdered. And because, again, she has all of these quirks and she is on the autism spectrum, she, again, is able to see all of the things that are out of place and she decides she's going to solve this mystery. And it is just a delightful story. It's hard to read in some spots because we as the readers recognize when people are trying to take advantage of Molly when she doesn't realize it. 
And that is hard because I think we all know people like Molly that we love very much. And it is hard to see somebody mistreat them. It makes you angry. But rest assured, what I love, what I really love in this story is that the people that mistreat Molly get their just desserts. And it's very satisfying. And I'm excited that there is a sequel coming out, or I think it may have already been released, but it's on my to-be-read list for this year. But I just really love this book. So again, that's The Maid by Nita Prose. This next one is a book that I forgot to talk about last year in the Summer Roundup. So I want to talk about it here because I really do think it was a great book and it was one of the best books I read last year. And it is All the Dangerous Things by Stacey Willingham. It's a mystery. It is about a woman who has a son that has been kidnapped. So she and her husband go to bed one night. Their son, who I think is 14 months old at the beginning of the story, he's in his nursery. He's asleep. Everything is great. They wake up the next morning and he has been kidnapped. He is gone. There are no signs of a break-in. There is no trace of their son. And she really begins to spiral, as anybody would. This is a parent's worst nightmare. But the problem with this mother that adds to her stress is that she is a sleepwalker. And as she is reviewing the nanny cam that they have in his bedroom, which did not record what happened to him because the battery had died, of course, um, she begins to see that she has been sleepwalking over the past year, um, the first year of the little boy's life. She would see videos of herself walking into his room and just standing there. And she begins to have this terrible gut feeling that maybe she is partly responsible for what happened to their son. And because of that, she becomes a complete insomniac. She has not slept very much at all over the past year since the little boy went missing. And because of that, she and her husband have separated. She is just really struggling. And there is something that happened to their son. She is involved, but not in the way that you think. And I just really enjoyed this story. And as someone who really struggles with sleeping in the first place, I really felt for this character because you know what it feels like to be exhausted and still not be able to relax and go to sleep and get the rest you need and how being exhausted and tired can make everything much worse. But this character also has a lot of secrets that come to light, things that she didn't realize. There are reasons that she is a sleepwalker. I just really enjoyed the story. So again, that is All the Dangerous Things by Stacey Willingham. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this one because I think I've mentioned it in two different episodes, but I just really loved this book, and that is Winterset Hollow by Jonathan Durham. This is just a story unlike anyone that I've ever read. It is like if Chronicles of Narnia had a very dark side and became a slightly horrific novel. So it's kind of a horror novel um, that starts out as a very sweet and nostalgic story about a man who writes books um, where the animals talk. So again, this is about a, a, a bunch of people that go to a, a writer's home. It's a very famous writer. He wrote one very famous book for children about Winterset Hollow, um, very much reminiscent of like the wind in the willows. Um, and then something happens and they realize that these animals are real. The story is based on reality, but maybe the animals aren't as nice as they thought they were. So that's all I'll say. But go read it because I just think this is a book that will take you by surprise. And I really love the fact that I didn't know much about it going into it. So when things begin to happen, I was like, what? What? 
but in the best way. So again, that is Winterset Hollow by Jonathan Durham. I just can't say enough good things about it. This may be my number one book of the year, actually. I think this is the book that I just probably just really enjoyed the most. This next book I read in the fall, and it is The Crawl Space by Herbert Lieberman. Now, Herbert Lieberman is an author that I had not heard of before this, but he has written several books, and I have put all of them on my to-be-read list because I think this one was done so well. The Crawl Space is sort of a thriller, sort of a horror novel, but I think it's the genre of unsettling. If I created, I'll create a new book genre, unsettling, or just creepy, <laughs> because... It, it, that's what it is. So it's about a couple. They are older. They're retired. They're very content. They have bought a house that they just really love and they're, you know, kind of puttering around it. They fill their days with cooking and reading and just enjoying being retired. And one day they have this young man over to their house because he is fixing the boiler. And this guy just inserts himself into their life. He begins living in their crawl space at the very beginning. And that sounds crazy because it is. <laughs> and there is a part of them that feels for this boy, this young guy, and they like him and they want to take care of him. But there is an equally other part of them that does not trust him and is a little afraid of him. And they should be. This story just does such a great job of amping up dread. You know that something is about to happen. You're not sure what it is, but this guy just starts making you feel more and more uncomfortable. And typically this is not something that I would probably enjoy reading, but the writing is so good in this story that you feel like you were just very much in the story and you want to know what happens next. It's just, I, you know... It's a, it's a book unlike most books that I've read. So I just really enjoyed it. So if you like a, a thriller that is a very slow burn and is not extremely violent, because this one isn't, it's just creepy, this is a book for you. It, it really is reminiscent to me of like Rebecca or The Haunting of Hill House and that you know something really bad is about to happen, but you're just not sure what it is. So again, that is The Crawl Space by Herbert Lieberman. The last two books are ones that I read in December, so I haven't actually talked about them on any of our book roundup episodes. The first one is Tom Lake by Ann Patchett. Ann Patchett is one of those authors that writes about real people and real life scenarios. There's not you know, any supernatural events. There's no mysteries, but she has a knack for writing about people that feel very fleshed out and real and you just care about them you really care about what they do how they react to things how they're going to end up and you just are fully immersed in the story so this is about a woman who lives on a farm with her husband she has three daughters and it's during the pandemic, so all of her children have come home for this period of time um, that we all remember, <laughs> and they are living again at their home while their lives are kind of on pause during the pandemic. And they own a cherry farm, so they are picking cherries, they're doing all of these things, and the girls are begging their mother to tell them the story of when she was younger because she was an actress and she was in one movie that was very popular and then she retired. She only did one movie 
And when she was younger, she had dated a very famous actor before he was a famous actor. And so the girls are fascinated with the story. So the book is mainly about this woman telling her children the story of when she was younger in the 80s, when she was in her 20s, and how she had dated someone that went on to become very famous. And it's charming. There's really no other word about it. It's charming. It's sad. It's nostalgic. I just really enjoyed it. And there were points where I actually teared up because I felt so much emotion and love for these characters. I really cared about them. And again, that is a talent of Ann Patchett. I'm not someone who typically reads non-murder mysteries, non-thrillers. You know, I, I like a little bit of grit and a little bit of excitement in most of my books, but I read Ann Patchett for calm <laughs> because I just feel very soothed by all of her stories, even when they're hard, even when the subject matter is not happy all of the time. I never leave one of her books feeling depressed because it just feels like this is life and it's the beauty and the sadness of it all, all in one. So I loved this. So that again is Tom Lake by Ann Patchett. And then the last book I read in 2023 that I just loved was The Ink Black Heart by Robert Galbraith. Now, of course, Robert Galbraith is the pen name of J.K. Rowling. And J.K. Rowling has written a whole series of detective novels by her with her pen name, Robert Galbraith. And they're all about this private detective that lives in London. His name is Cormoran Strike and his partner, Robin Ellicott. Now, look, this book is a brick. It is over a thousand pages long. It took me a while to read it, but I devoured it. I read it so quickly for a thousand, like in under probably like a week or so, week and a half, because nobody writes the way that J.K. Rowling writes. She makes you feel like you are reading a movie, if that makes sense. I feel like the only other author that does this as well is Stephen King. You feel like you are watching a movie as you're reading the book because it is so descriptive and perfect. The, the characters talk the way that real people speak. The, the action is fantastic. You are fully, fully in the story and you want to know what happens next. So this installment about Cormoran Strike and his partner, Robin, is about a YouTube cartoon and it's about the creators of this YouTube cartoon that had went viral and it became a Netflix series. And then an internet campaign was launched against one of the co-creators of this cartoon because this very left wing group of people think that she said something that was inflammatory, politically incorrect, and they just go after her, these internet trolls and make her life miserable. And then it becomes violent. They begin posting um, her address online. People are threatening her. So she visits Cormoran Strike's office because she wants to find out who is behind some of these very violent threats. And then this creator of this Netflix series is found murdered. And Cormoran and Robin have to figure out who did it. I just really thought that this was a very timely book because we are living in an age where it's cancel culture. You can't really say anything. You've got to be very careful about how 
you voice any opinions that are not popular. And, you know, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be held accountable for the things that we say because we should, but the internet has become a very unsafe place for anybody. And knowing what J.K. Rowling has gone through in the past couple years with some of the hate that she has received for some of her opinions, whether or not you agree with what she thinks, it has gotten insane. And I feel like this was kind of her answer to that and about how we treat people that have differing beliefs from us. Like, should we be as vehemently opposed to them? Should we let it go to a violent place? Which, of course, I don't think we should. And But this is where we're going as a society. And she just really addresses it in a really nuanced and well thought out way. And this story, again, is, is so action packed. It is a thriller. Uh, it's scary, but not in a, you know, horrific, you know, like ghoulish sense, but in a just, this is, this could happen. You feel like this could happen to people. Um, so I just really enjoyed it. I have loved every single Cormoran Strike novel. And so this one, I think maybe this one has probably been my favorite so far. I just really enjoyed it. And she's already written the next one. It's already out. So uh, I will read that this year. But again, they are long books. So just be prepared. You're going to be in it for a while. But it's absolutely worth it. Now, I will say, I think the audiobook is the way to go when you're reading this book. Now, you can read it in the physical form, and it's wonderful. But listening to it is a different experience because the narrator is so good with accents. And there are so many different types of accents of people that live in London. Um, and he does a great job of doing all of them. I, I have, I was very impressed. He is an actor. He's been in a lot of different things. Um, but the narration is just wonderful. And it really puts you in the story and adds to that movie feeling. So I would recommend reading The Ink Black Heart um, as an audiobook, listening to it. So again, that is The Ink Black Heart by Robert Galbraith, aka J.K. Rowling. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me again this week. And thank you for following and subscribing and telling your friends and family. It means the world to me. If you get a chance to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be fantastic because it just helps people find the show. If you'd like to find me on Instagram, it is super easy. I am at Resting Church Face. I hope you have a fantastic week and let's get together again soon. <laughs>